What is up, guys? This is the Kings of CONCACAF podcast, where we highlight the U.S. men's national team, who are most definitely the Kings of CONCACAF. I'm your host, Nate. This is the first of many episodes, and today we're going to be talking about the October camp, um, which is the upcoming camp, which starts tonight. We're going to be talking about the matchups that we have, the players that I am looking to watch, and players that I'm excited about. So, tonight, we start with Jamaica at home in Austin. So, Jamaica has struggled pretty, you know, heavily in their first um, window. They are currently 8th, which is the last place in the standings. They do not have Mikhail Antonio. They do not have Leon Bailey. So, this is a team that is definitely down in the dumps, and we should handle them easily, and it should be no challenge to us. Judging by the first window, we can't exactly trust what we should get done, will get done, but I think there's hope after that good performance at the end of the first window that we will handle Jamaica um, accordingly. Then we have Panama away on Sunday night, and um, they're currently in fourth position in the standings. They had a pretty solid first camp for Panama, um, for Panama standards. Um, we definitely need to, um, at the minimum draw this game. This is probably going to be our most difficult game of the window because Panama has played well. It is away. We all know how difficult it is to get results away from home, um, in CONCACAF. But that being said, I think that this is a very winnable game and I'm hoping that we can take care of Panama. I'm hoping that we're in good form against Jamaica and it carries over to Panama. We can get that win because coming away with nine points um, is much better than coming away with seven points or six points. Or if we do end up winning that second game and the first game, the Costa Rica game doesn't have as much weight as it did um, in the first window when that third game had so much weight. We drew the first two games and you know, it was it was a must-win, have-to-win game. Lastly, we have Costa Rica, which is on Wednesday. We play at home in Columbus, Ohio. This would be a great game to win. This is a must-win must win game because it is at home. You know, as so many people are saying, all analysts, everyone on YouTube, anyone that knows anything about the U.S. Men's National Team knows you have to get results at home. So, this is a must-win. If we can you know, finish the camp strong. That'll be good. Get us in a good standing. We can finish the camp with uh, nine points and overall 14 points. That would put us in a great, great scenario going into um, the November camp. So I'm going to highlight now the players that I, um, I'm i going to watch um, and I think you guys should watch as well. So to start off, uh, players to watch would be Weston McKinney. Everyone knows what happened to him um, in this first camp. Obviously, you know, he got kicked out of the camp because violating COVID protocols, whether it was a girl, whether it was, you know, someone he met, whatever it was, he violated the protocols and, you know, definitely has lost some trust within the team, within Greg Berhalter. I mean, Berhalter had claimed in a, a press conference that the issue was over, but everyone knows that you know, there's still going to be some underlying trust that needs to be regained back um, from Weston. So I think that he definitely needs to play really well in this camp to 
regain the trust of Greg, regain the trust of the fan base, and really to just prove to everyone that he is, you know, that guy. He's that guy that's going to be the leader in the next 10 plus years for the U.S. men's national team. He is, I mean, I think 23 or 24. So 10 years is to say that he would play for the next 10 years is not, you know, out of the ordinary. It's not a hot take. Um, so, you know, we've seen the success that he's had for the U.S. men's national team. So he definitely needs to um, improve, play very well in this camp so that, you know, he can get back in good standing with the whole team, the fan base with Greg. My second player to watch would be Ricardo Pepe. Obviously, Pepe played extremely well in the final game of last window. He is, you know, our saving grace, the U.S. men's national team's saving grace. He just about won that game by himself um, for us. So he is someone to definitely watch for because if he's able to sustain that um, that form for this camp, I mean, I think he basically solidifies his name in the starting spot for, you know, months um, months to come definitely for the rest of the World Cup qualifying because of the inconsistencies with the other number nines that we have had over the past you know year or so. I mean, obviously you have Jasta Argent who you know has not scored in a very long time, um, has not impressed in a very long time, and you have um, Pifak who has played well for his club. I mean, he scored and he scored the winner in the in the Nations League um, semifinal. But overall, he hasn't you know impressed very much. You have guys like Daryl DK, who you know he's a good finisher, but not great with the ball at his feet. Gets the ball taken away a lot. So, and then obviously Zardis, who is it, who is in this camp. Um, you know, none of none of them have really impressed very much when it comes to the men's national team over the past year. So. Pepe is definitely someone that we need to watch, see how he performs um, with this second test um, in the men's national team. So the third player that I'm going to um, highlight to watch would be um, John Brooks. So as everyone knows, John Brooks did not have a very good camp um, last camp, and he was subbed out at halftime at the last game, and, you know, not 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 great at all. So I think that with guys like Miles Robinson definitely showing up in the last camp, showing up in Gold Cup, you know, John Brooks' spot might not be as solidified as, as it has been in the past. You got guys like Chris Richards, who is starts in the Bundesliga at um, Hoffenheim. And so if if this window comes and Chris Richards plays extremely well and Miles Robinson plays extremely well or a guy like Mark McKenzie plays extremely well, John Brooks' spot might not be um, there, you know, anymore. Obviously, I think he's going to get called into the camp regardless for the next couple years. He'll be be part of the 2022 roster, I'm sure, but that starting spot where it's like a guaranteed spot for John Brooks, you know, might not be there anymore if he can't prove to Greg... Um, that he is the player that he can be. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, but definitely Brooks needs to play well in order to um, keep that spot as the guaranteed start at the center back position. So we're going to transition now to four players that I'm very excited about for this camp. Um, players that 
uh, haven't played um, in the in the camp. They weren't there last time, but then some players that were. So I'm going to start off with um, Gianluca Busio. He is a player that I I love. Um, you know, people will compare him to the to Pirlo, call him the American Pirlo, and um, I think that might be a stretch right now. I think that pushes puts a lot of pressure on him at such a young age. But I mean, obviously he is still super young, has lots of talent. We've seen it in. Um, the MLS, we saw him score last um, weekend for Venezia. So he got that move to Europe. He's progressing pretty well in Europe. So I'm very excited to see how he plays in a game that's uh, that matters. Obviously, he was part of the Gold Cup, but he didn't get the start in the Gold Cup final. And, you know, playing games that, that matter for the U.S. men's national team is definitely different than playing games that um, don't matter for the men's national team because he really got the m- majority of his minutes went uh, in the group stage of the Gold Cup. Second player who I'm very excited to watch is Brendan Aronson. I'm a Philly guy, so seeing him play very well is you know makes me happy because he, you know he grew up in the academy, homegrown player, and now he's shining in Europe, shining for the men's national team. So, um, I'm really excited. He had a great last camp, scored twice. And, you know, was definitely a spark plug chasing down balls, making the defenders make mistakes. So I think he's definitely due for another great camp. The third player that I'm going to um, highlight that I'm very excited about is Yunus Musa. Yunus Musa is a guy that has a very, very high ceiling. Obviously, when you captain a an England youth side, you ha- you're going to be a very good player. So he, he captained a, a, an England youth side before he ended up deciding to come to the United States and play for us. So he has so much talent. He has a lot of ceiling. I'd say he is the highest ceiling of anyone on the team besides maybe Gio Reyna because um, Gio Reyna, obviously, everyone knows he is so good. He's played he's played well just about every single game he's um, played in for the U.S. men's national team. And also he's played well in the Bundesliga, scoring crazy goals, assisting to Holland, assisting to Royce. You know, he's he's played really well, and at such such a young age, um, I mean, the possibility is endless. So that being said, besides Reyna, I think Musa has the high ceiling. I mean, you could even argue that Musa has just as high of a ceiling as Reyna, but Musa hasn't quite proven himself like Reyna has. So that is um, definitely. He is definitely someone that I'm very excited for, also because of his versatility. Last weekend for Valencia, he played out on the wing, which is great for us because, for whatever reason, Greg Berhalter did not bring in very many wingers. So having Musa as an option off the bench at wing or even starting at wing if Wyatt doesn't start or if Aronson doesn't start or if Pulisic comes back because Greg hinted that, you know, Pulisic or Reyna may end up coming back so if either one of them come back and play on the wing then you know having Musa come off the bench on the wing would be nice um, to have because I don't really want to have um, Paul Ariola or Christian Roldan be the first um, guy off the bench that being said Christian Roldan um, is a good spark plug spark plug Ariola is a good spark plug but you know they're just not going to give you you know that extra thing there's going to be pretty um normal level players they're going to do kind of what they're asked but they're not going to do extra they're not going to be scoring crazy goals they're not going to be making amazing passes so I think that Musa 
could be great. Play alongside Adams, or he could play um, wing. So we'll see how that works this camp. I'm you know eager to see if um, Greg puts him out in the wing because who knows what Greg will do. For all we know, he'll have you know legit and Acosta playing in the midfield, and they'll ha- and he'll start Roldan and Ariel. But you know, Greg being Greg. So. Um, the fourth player that I am very excited to uh, watch in this camp would be Matthew Hoppy. Obviously, he was a very exciting player to watch in the Gold Cup. He scored a goal, the winner, in I believe the quarters or the semifinals or whatever it was to um, in the very end of the game, which was great. He's scoring goals in the Bundesliga, scoring hat-tricks in the Bundesliga for a very bad Schalke team, which is very exciting that we might have another young guy that can score goals for us um, like Pebby can or has um, started to. So I think that Hoppy is someone that um, he is definitely is another player that has a pretty high ceiling because he's a very hardworking guy. I mean, when someone isn't called up to the um, national team at all, as a youth level guy, I mean, there's definitely a uh, hunger for these guys because they haven't had that experience. So they're, they're working harder to get in the national team. They're working harder to get into club teams. You know, Americans in general definitely don't have the same opportunities when it comes to playing in Europe because there's a stigma that, you know, Americans are nowhere near as um, good as other players. Because, I mean, historically, that is definitely accurate, but it is exciting to me and as I'm sure as anyone else listening listening is exciting to them because of you know the culture changing in um, U.S. soccer U.S. men's national team because of so many good players coming through the academies in the United States are getting much better and I think that USA being bad at soccer is not going to last for much longer which is great so that being said um, I'm going to wrap up the episode I'm very excited about this camp. I am eager to see how it plays out and which players do well, which players might fall out of the team, and if we're able to get those nine points. Or if we're going to maybe disappoint again and we're going to, you know, have a situation like 2018 where we're to the very, very end of qualifying and we're still not sure if we're qualified. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Let's hope that this camp goes well and that we're able to get the results that we need to get to get no injuries. So hopefully, you know, no one gets injured because we see we saw what happened um, last camp. Lots of injuries. So everyone stays healthy. People play well, perform, we get done what needs to get done. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Nate. Signing off of the CONCACAF podcast.